Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to The Dark Parts, a show where we explore the darkest parts of history, the world, and your mind. I'm your host, Heath, and with me today is the lovely Queen of Scream, Daphne. How you doing, Daphne? I'm doing pretty good, considering what is going on in this country. It's a stressful week for all of us. We still don't know the results, but yeah, other than that, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. The weather is starting to turn a little bit here in Oregon. So oh, it's, it's getting... a beautiful, sorry to interrupt you, it's a beautiful day today. Like leaves oh, yeah. falling, rain, it, it, it's nice. Yeah, it is really nice. It kind of kind of makes you want to cozy up on the couch and listen to an episode of The Dark Parts, huh? That's what I want to do. By the way, if anybody has any kind of recommendations, if you have like a creepy mystery somewhere in the world that you want us to dive into, send us a message over on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So look us up and send us a message because we love looking at case recommendations, not yeah. cases. Is it a case? I'm in true crime <laughs> mode. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Story suggestions. Stories. Yeah. If you want to follow us, you can head on over to Instagram and follow us at The Dark Parts Podcast or over on Twitter at The Dark Parts Pod. We also have a Facebook so you can find us there as well. Today we have a very interesting story for you guys. It takes place in the southern part of the United States, so let's get into it today. There are many cursed places in the United States and all around the world that are responsible for unexplained sinister events, and are also responsible for people visiting those places saying, screw this, let's get the hell out of here. Today we head down to the southeast of the U.S. to the state known for its peaches, President Jimmy Carter, and the home of Coca-Cola. That's right, we're talking about Georgia, but more specifically, one of the most cursed places in Georgia and the U.S. So grab your Bulldogs jersey and put on some Outcast, because we're about to explore the infamous history of what is called the deadliest lake in America, Lake Lanier. If you're like us, you probably love to hear stories of places that hold mysterious secrets. But before we get into the unsettling stuff, first, we have to give you a little bit of history about Lake Lanier. Lake Lanier is a man-made reservoir that was built in the northeastern portion of Georgia in 1956, and it's about 54 minutes northeast of Atlanta. The lake takes up 38,000 acres, or 59 square miles, and was named after American poet Sidney Lanier who theorized that musical notation was connected to poetic meter. The lake was owned and operated by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to control floodwaters and useful water resources. The lake has been patrolled by the Georgia Department of Natural Resources as well as local police officers. And it was also built to provide hydroelectricity and provide water to the city of Atlanta. Now that you have a little backstory, let's get into the reason this lake made it onto this show in the first place. From the beginning, Lake Lanier had its problems. When it was being created, the U.S. government purchased land that ultimately displaced over 250 homes, 15 businesses, and relocated corpses from over 20 different cemeteries. Oof. Which we should all know is definitely not a good idea to disturb the dead. And many buildings, roads, and other structures were left standing when the water came rushing in to fill the reservoir, essentially creating an underwater ghost town. And by the way, some of the gravesites were unable to be relocated, which some townsfolk believe 
could be the initial reasoning behind the curse. Since the lake's opening, a total of 675 people have died in Lake Lanier, and a good portion of those bodies have never been found. So let's talk about a few that shocked the state of Georgia. The Jerry D. Jackson Bridge was built in 1956, the same year that Lake Lanier was created, and it stretches across a portion of the lake. The 1,216-foot-long, 31-foot-wide bridge appears to be your average run-of-the-mill crossing, but this particular bridge has a spooky past. A few years after the bridge was built, in 1958, two women, Delia Parker Young and Susie Roberts, were driving near Lake Lanier one night when they decided to stop for gas while on their way to the town of Dawsonville. The pair were on the run and were headed to a local roadhouse called Gables. The women quickly pumped their gas and jumped back into Susie's 1954 Ford, peeling out of the fuel station without paying. They had to cross the Jerry D. Jackson Bridge to get to Gables Roadhouse in Dawsonville, but for some reason, the women never made it to Gables and they never made it home. The next day, a search was conducted to find the two outlaws, but the only evidence police could find were a set of tire marks that led towards the edge of the bridge. It seemed as if a car had lost control at high speeds and drifted over the side and into the water below. Investigators initially thought that this could have been Susie and Delia, so they began to search Lake Lanier with divers. But after searching for a period of time, the crew gave up and the women seemed to have vanished. That is until one year later when a local fisherman noticed something floating in the water near the bridge. He couldn't tell what it was at first, but after getting a little closer, he realized that it was a decomposing body. The scene was pretty gruesome. The body was bloated from the water and it had been missing toes on the left foot and it had no hands. And appendages of the body were also missing which some believe the giant catfish in Lake Lanier had feasted upon for some time. God. First of all, I just want to say two very perfect names. Delia Parker Young and Susie Roberts. Very cute. Yeah, that's, that's some 1950s shit right there. It really is. And, oh my God, it's just, what's weird to me is that it surfaced after a year and her body was still bloated, even though part of it had been likely eaten by catfish. Like, why... Like, it just seems like after all that time, why did it resurface then? Yeah, I don't really know. And I don't know how catfish eat. I don't know what they eat regularly. But I don't know either. But it's strange to me that uh, the body had missing hands and missing toes. I don't know if that's just from the decomposition process or not. Okay, so a quick Google search says that they eat fish aquatic plants and fish eggs but they're omnivorous and this actually reminds me I don't remember what it was called that movie that was like borderline pornographic that we saw this French movie that was supposed to be like a thriller what was it called do we know oh stranger by the lake yeah remember in the movie oh my god <laughs> Jesus yeah that that's a doozy of a film so don't go and do not watch with your parents or your kids <laughs> I don't, okay <laughs> there's but, actual peepees 
There's we're some wieners in that movie. For it's, sure. it's like porn. But anyway, so in that movie, which we thought we were about to watch like a thriller, which in a sense it is at like at parts, like yeah, two percent thriller. A, it's a murder mystery, but there's definitely some weenies in there. <laughs> oh my God. So in the movie, I remember that the guy, one of the dudes was talking about how, you know, there was a body found in the lake and and he was talking about like a large catfish in it. Didn't he say that it, that they thought maybe it was the catfish who killed someone? Am I mistaken or is that what happened? I, I don't remember that part specifically, but I did just Google uh, if catfish would feast upon or or eat dead bodies or flesh. And basically it says that the Cali River Goonch attacks were a series of fatal attacks on humans believed to be portrayed by man-eating 200-pound fish in three villages on the banks of Cali River in India and Nepal. So it is very, very possible that... There were some goonch catfish in there. Well, I don't know if if they were specific to that. I have no idea. Maybe Georgia people can tell me, but, but it's very possible that whatever creatures were in Lake Lanier were probably feasting upon this bloated, decomposing body. Ugh. Okay. So back to poor Delia and Susie. So unfortunately, due to the extensive decomposition of the body, the coroner wasn't able to identify the remains. But if you ask any locals, they will tell you that they believe it to be the body of Delia Parker Young. Once again, a search of the lake was conducted to see if a second body could be recovered. But again, nothing was found. The reason why locals think the body was Delia is because multiple witnesses driving State Route 53 had seen her ghost wandering the area in a blue dress, and it appeared that the apparition was lost and unaware that it was deceased. Oh, and also the people who had seen this ghost noted that the ghost was missing hands. You're kidding. No, not shitting you. Oh, shit. So this hometown haunt had turned into a tall tale over the years, and local high school teens used the story to scare underclassmen. Some students claimed to have seen the Lady of Lake Lanier, but others were too scared to talk about it. And to make this story a little bit creepier, in November of 1990, local officials passed a bill to renovate the bridges in the Lake Lanier area. Construction workers began to dredge the bottom of the lake near Jerry D. Jackson Bridge, when they came across a vehicle covered with algae and filled with thick mud. When the car was towed to the shoreline, investigators quickly realized that it was Susie Roberts' 1954 Ford, and inside was the remains of a young woman which was identified as Susie Roberts through dental records. Some folks in the area say that if you drive Route 53 at night, you can still see the ghost of Delia wandering the roadside, and you may even see Susie's 1954 Ford while crossing the bridge. So pretty spooky, right? Yeah, and that makes even more sense that the first body found was, in fact, Delia's if they only found Susie's when they found her car. Yeah, it's just crazy that they searched that lake and they couldn't find Susie's car for all those years. And then somehow in 1990, they finally found her car. That's just so creepy. And one other thing I got to say, in, in every movie that you've ever watched with a ghost car, why, does, why is it always a, like a 1954 Ford or a 1955 Chevy? Like it's always 
those old creepy 50s cars that are like ghost cars. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the kind of car that you, you know, I mean, you can't just have like a shitty sedan doing that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not the vibe. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine the ghost car of a Pinto? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I was picturing of Pinto. So my question is, if this big is, I mean, this big, this lake is so huge. How big did you say it was? About 38,000 acres. Okay, so how did they search? Did they search the whole freaking thing or just the general vicinity of the bridge? I believe they searched just the general vicinity of the bridge because... Because it's not like they drove well, to the other side of the lake. Right, and it's because they had like the tire mark evidence there initially. So it looked like somebody had skid off the bridge. So they're like, ah, that's got to be them. So they're like, well, let's just search that area. They may have searched some other areas of the lake. I'm not really sure, but pretty spooky. And you know what's so funny is I remember watching this Disney movie from the 90s called Susie Q, where this girl and her boyfriend Johnny drive off a bridge in their 1955 Chevy and they die, but she somehow is like manifested like 40 years later as a ghost. And this story just kind of reminds me of that. Like, I always remembered that movie. And they were like 1950s teenagers and she like she comes back in the 90s because she's somehow like manifested by a person who found like a bracelet of hers or something. If you guys remember that movie, please comment on our Instagram post because I remember just loving that fucking movie. You were talking about this the last week when we were looking on Disney Plus for um, an old Disney Channel original movie from the 90s. I never saw, I've never heard of it. When I looked it up, it didn't look familiar. We ended up watching Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire for all those who are curious. But yeah, it sounds, that movie sounds very similar to this story. Yeah, and and you can't find that movie nowadays. And I mean, maybe you can torrent it somehow, or I don't really know. But I guess the rights, like the legal rights to the movie are like, they're in like a legal battle. Or because yeah, it was, in Germany. We right. looked that up. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was like made in Germany or something, but it was put on Disney or something like that. So it's very, very hard to find. But if you guys remember it, let us know. Delia isn't the only terrifying ghost that Lake Lanier has to offer thrill seekers. Another story emerged that had locals in a panic. One autumn night, Two fishermen were out on the lake around 1 a.m. when they noticed a light in the distance through the darkness. It was a cold night and the fog rolled across the water. They originally thought it was just another fisherman out on the water like them, but as the light seemed to get closer, they were able to see clearer and what they saw scared the absolute shit out of them. A figure wearing a black hooded cloak with no face, holding a lantern in one hand and a pole in the other, was drifting toward them on a raft. The fishermen were in their own aluminum boat and quickly reeled in their fishing lines so they could pack up and leave the area. But before they could get their lines all the way in, the dark figure jumped from its raft and began to swim towards the men. The figure gurgled and bubbled lake water from its throat and was described as moving through the water with ease. The men searched their boat for the spotlight but couldn't find it. Finally, the hooded figure was within 15 feet from the boat and all of a sudden, the lantern on the figure's raft went out and the gurgling stopped. 
It was pitch black now, and the water and air was calm. Finally, one of the men found their spotlight and switched it on, but when they pointed it at the water, the figure and the raft were gone. That's so fucking scary. Like, thinking about that story, could you even imagine Why this? would they make this story up? These two fishermen? Like, come on. This is this has got to be true. I, I don't know. I mean... It's got to be true. <laughs> It's scary. It's definitely scary for sure. I mean, a cloaked figure jumps off a oh, raft. The, when it jumped off. It, it, yeah, and it's just like standing there staring at you with a lantern, and then it just jumps off the raft and starts... It, it wasn't even swimming, like moving its arms. It was just moving. Mo- like moving through the water towards them. That is so creepy. And then all of a sudden, the lantern just goes out, and it's pitch black, and you don't see anything. And, and it, it disappears, and you're like, should I leave now? Is it going to come back? Right, right. When when it goes pitch black, you're thinking, in your mind, you're like, am I going to turn on this spotlight and it's going to be right next to my face? Well, like, and it doesn't have a face. That's the scariest shit to me is when I, when, it, when there's a scary story or something, the man with no face or something like that, that shit scares me. Yeah, definitely. And when I was doing research for this episode, a lot of people believe that that grim reaper looking person or creature, whatever it is, that those two men saw were most likely, or was most likely, like a ferryman, like a person who you pay a toll and he takes you on his raft across the river to the afterlife. So that is also really, really creepy and scary. Yeah, no, the ferryman is a thing. It's um, it's like an old Greek mythology, I think, with carrying you to the afterlife, like you're saying. Yeah, this yeah. This is like a thing, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of locals believe that that's possibly what those two men saw that night. But I mean, who knows what it could have actually been. Creepy. And that's one of the things, like, if you, if, uh, you watch, or if you've seen the movie From Hell, coins are typically placed on the eyes of the dead, and that's to be able to pay the toll to the ferryman to take you on his raft across the river into the afterlife. That's why back in the day, they used to put two coins on your eyes after you died. And I think a lot of cultures use that as well. I'm not exactly sure which cultures use it. Like, I know that it's, it's been in some movies, but I don't exactly know where that comes from. Not only does Lake Lanier seem to produce paranormal events, but the lake is also known to have taken many lives, whether through drowning, boating accidents, and even murder. The lake has been associated with over 675 deaths, as I mentioned earlier, since it was created. Entire boats have capsized in the murky waters of Lake Lanier. In the past few decades, the lake has claimed the lives of between 10 to 20 people each year. That's a lot. It's a lot of people dying. Why would you swim there now? It's a really, really big area. Granted, I mean, it's 38,000 acres, but still 10 to 20 people dying or drowning there every year seems like a lot. So in 2012, 11-year-old Kyle Glover, who is also the son of Usher's ex-wife Tamika Foster, was critically injured when his inner tube was struck by a jet ski. Kyle was rushed to the hospital and put on life support, but because the jet ski had struck him in the head, causing brain damage, sadly, just a few weeks later, Kyle Glover would die from his injuries. Oh, that's really sad. That's really sad. Just an 11-year-old kid having a great time in the summer, hanging out on his inner tube, and then 
bam, like a jet ski just hits him. I know we're not even done talking about all the creepy stuff at this lake and the horrible tragedies that have occurred. But if you're local to the area, please message us because I want to know what the local like consensus what, is. Yeah. Like, what do you got? Do you guys think, oh, that's haunted or oh, no, that's just an urban legend and we swim there every summer? Like what? Please tell us. Yeah. What do you guys think? On Memorial Day weekend in 2019, 30-year-old Reginald Whitehead fell from his jet ski and never resurfaced. Less than 24 hours before his disappearance, a 61-year-old man named Michael Thompson drowned in the lake. And a week before that, 17-year-old Dante Lane drowned in Lake Lanier. Some who have barely escaped drowning in this cursed-ass lake say that they felt hands pulling them into the depths of the water. Oh my god. (sighs) Others have said that a force squeezed the air out of their lungs, causing them to panic and slip beneath the surface. As local diver Buck Buchanan puts it, nobody has been able to lay the dead to rest. They're on the bottom of Lake Lanier. Hopefully, you find them before they find you. Buck also says that he's been diving in the lake before and reached into the darkness only to feel a leg or an arm that doesn't move. So, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely not. (laughs) Could you imagine just diving in that lake and then all of a sudden an arm or a leg brushes against you? I mean, yeah, technically it could be a log or a stick or something. It's not a log. It's an arm. God, I mean, yeah. Okay, but (laughs) if we really think about this, there are literally graves under this lake. There's graves that they couldn't move when they built it. So even if you don't believe in ghosts and you're like, there's no way that there are ghosts haunting this, like there are dead bodies under this lake. And think about all the people who have died there. Even this guy I'm talking about right now, 30-year-old Reginald Whitehead. He never resurfaced. How? You know, I mean, even on Going West, we, our other podcast, we talk about, you know, sometimes we'll talk about someone who died and was thrown into a lake or whatever. And, you know, your body bloats when you die, when you start to decompose and you raise to the surface. The only thing that stops you from doing that is if something's weighing the body down. But if somebody dies in the lake because they drowned, there's nothing weighing the body down. Why aren't they resurfacing? Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, when I was in high school, uh, a good friend of mine passed away because he was tubing um, one of our local rivers here. And he went under and he did resurface, like I think it was maybe a few days later. But what happened is when he went under, he got caught in some snags of like wood, some branches and some logs. And so that's why it took so long for the body to resurface. So I'm I'm wondering if that's the case. I mean, you have to think about this. There was an entire town underneath this reservoir. So there was trees, there was buildings, there were structures. Is it possible that when you fall off your jet ski or your inner tube and you go under, is it possible that you get caught up in some of that, some of those old, that old wood? Did they not clear it though? See, that's the thing. I don't think they did. I think they just rushed in the water. I could be wrong here, but from everything that I read, it seems like they basically just moved everybody out of there and started filling it with water. Because as I said, there were 15 businesses there. So I'm, I'm highly doubting that they took all those buildings down. If they didn't even move the bodies from those cemeteries, 
it's very likely that there is an actual ghost town underneath the water in Lake Lanier that may still be standing. There may be parts of that town that are still standing. How deep is this lake? So I know that the the levels of the water kind of vary depending on how close to the shore you are and in what parts you're you're at. But the deepest parts of Lake Lanier are about 160 feet deep. Thinking about that, it's very possible that bodies could be down there and just stuck down there. I don't really know. So I'm reading this. I just looked this up on a Georgia website. Someone asked, what is underneath Lake Lanier? And this says, several block buildings and structures weren't tall enough to extend above a depth of 35 feet remain at the bottom of Lake Lanier, mostly in a decomposing state, the mortar holding the blocks together having crumbled long ago. But there are remnants of the farms that still protrude above the waterline. So it does seem that there is stuff at the very bottom that could technically come up. But considering the lake, I mean, it's, it's been submerged in water for so long. I don't, I don't know that people could really get caught on it, especially since it's so deep down there. Or there's ghosts under there that are pulling people down. I mean, that's the other, uh, you know, that's the other side of the coin. If you believe in ghosts and you believe in cursed places, then that this is probably what you're going to think. So, many people believe that Lake Lanier was doomed from the start. Displacing homes and disturbing gravesites could have been the reason for the terrible events that have occurred throughout the lake's history. But not only have accidents occurred, but murder mysteries have also plagued the lake. In 2012, a 16-year-old high school student named Hannah Truelove lived in the Lake Lanier Club apartments with her mother. It was August 23rd, and Hannah decided to hang out with some of her friends in the complex common areas. By 9.30 that evening, though, she hadn't returned home, and this began to obviously worry her mother. Hannah's mother reported her missing to police, and they began to comb the area and search for clues. That night, while police searched, it began to pour down buckets of rain, and thunder and lightning struck the area. The rain had fallen so heavy that the search was eventually called off until the next morning. So the next morning, a man walking his dog through the woods that surrounded the apartment complex and the lake noticed what he perceived to be a mannequin laying among a stream bed of rocks just feet from the shore of Lake Lanier. But moving closer, the man realized it was the body of a young girl. Police determined that the body was that of Hannah Truelove, and she had been stabbed multiple times. Unfortunately, due to the storm that had taken place the night before Hannah was found, key trace evidence was washed away. But the strangest part of this story is that just days prior to Hannah's murder, she tweeted, so scared right now, and I need to get out of this apartment complex. Investigators assumed that they were dealing with a stalker, maybe someone who lived in the complex and had watched Hannah. But after further investigation, they found no clues that could confirm this. Furthermore, police then decided that Hannah had most likely willingly gone to the area with a person she knew before she was killed and that possibly more than one person could have been involved. Right, and to this day, that murder has still never been solved. 
So, I mean, this really plays out like, like a scene from a horror movie. Police are searching through the woods near the lake for Hannah. They can't find her. It's pouring down rain. Lightning is striking everywhere. The next morning, the body's found and she's stabbed to death. They have no idea who's done it. They checked everybody in the apartment complex. Couldn't find any clues. So they're still no closer to figuring out who killed Hannah Trulove. This is so frustrating because she was scared before she died. So I'm assuming that whatever killed her, she knew about beforehand. Right. And police were trying to say that there was no connection from her tweets to her being murdered. In my opinion, I think they were connected. Obviously, I don't have all the details of the case, but it really does sound like she was afraid for her life. What's really frustrating is that if she was afraid and that is what was connected to her murder, it's like if only, of course, it's not her fault. She didn't know something bad was going to happen to her. But if only she had told someone what she meant by those tweets because she felt it enough to put it out there on social media. And if only somebody knew what she was so scared of, it could help solve her murder. And that's just so frustrating. Right. We need the context of those tweets to be able to determine what they were about. Yeah. Like, was she scared of the lake? Was she she scared of someone who lived in the complex, someone who went to the complex often? Like, it could be a billion things. Absolutely. This this might actually be a case we'll have to cover for going west. I'm down. I want to I want to dive in. Now we have a cursed underwater town, car accidents, boating accidents, drownings, ghosts, murder, but we're not done yet. The locals who live near the lake have long said that monsters lurk in the waters of Lake Lanier. And in 1980, they would find out that they were right. A man driving a chicken truck had been crossing Thompson Bridge when it all of a sudden veered off the road, plunging into Lake Lanier. The chickens on the truck were alive and in cages when the truck went in. The man driving the truck wasn't harmed in the accident, but when divers began to search the waters for the wreckage, they discovered massive catfish the size of people swallowing the drowned chickens who had escaped from the cages during the wreck and drowned shortly after. Some locals have said that they have encountered catfish as large as a Volkswagen bug navigating the waters of Lake Lanier. And I know that this is Daphne's worst nightmare. (laughs) Oh my God, I just thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine this catfish just like, just eating- The size of a car. Yeah, these catfish are just eating chicken nuggets at the bottom of Lake Lanier. This goes back to what I was saying earlier about the Stranger by the Lake film that we watched, the weird one, the one that got a little weird, the French one. That, in that movie, I can't remember, and I don't really want to go back and watch it, But he said something about really, really large catfish in the lake that he thought killed someone or something like that. My God, huge freaking catfish in this lake. Yeah, I can't even imagine like being down there and seeing a lake creature the size of a human like swimming towards you with its mouth open. So this is in 1980 that people believe that this, these huge ass catfish were in the lake. So... It just makes me think if maybe these, I mean, they're still there and maybe people just don't see them and they're eating people. Yeah, maybe they just stick around the depths of the lake and they're... (gasps) Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, just munching on whole chickens. Like, it's just, it's, that's the strangest thing to me. It's just, I'm trying to picture that visual in my head. Like, 
a chicken just clucking along the bottom of the lake and then a catfish so just comes up and swallows a whole chicken. Like, what a tragic death for I mean, the chicken. Yeah, seriously, that sounds pretty terrifying. I'm glad the guy, the driver, was okay. I mean, he seemed to have swimmed he to the shore. He survived the catfish. He did. Around 7 million people visit Lake Lanier every year, which is home to 68 parks and recreational areas, 1,200 campsites, and 10 full-service marinas, including restaurants and gas docks. And it was at one of those marinas where an accident involving police would take place. On the afternoon of February 21st, 2020, a man named John James Monahan had gotten into a vehicle collision in a car that he had stolen. When John realized the car that he had been driving was now inoperable, he decided to use an assault rifle to carjack another vehicle. Like to threaten someone with an assault rifle? Yes, he threatened this person and then stole their car. He then sped off while exchanging gunfire with officers who were in pursuit. John eventually was able to make it to Shoal Creek Park, located at Lake Lanier, where he drove the stolen vehicle into the water of the lake. As the stolen car began to sink, John yet again exchanged gunfire with police officers who had cornered him at the lake. Then, all of the sudden, the car submerged and sank to the bottom, and John didn't resurface. Divers eventually checked the site where the car had sank and found John's body near the vehicle underwater. It appeared that John had shot himself just before the car had fully gone under the water. This sounds like an action movie, honestly. Like, he's driving full speed towards the lake, just like jumps off into the water. And while the car is going down, he's shooting at police officers. And then all of a sudden the car goes under and then you don't, you don't see anything else. And then you find his body at the bottom, gunshot in his head. I'm like picturing an old movie in my head. This doesn't sound recent, but that's crazy. Very crazy story, right? And we haven't even scratched the surface of all the terrifying events that have occurred at America's most cursed lake. Year after year, Lake Lanier continues to collect more victims in strange and sometimes unexpected ways. But millions will continue to flock to those northeastern Georgia shores looking for relaxation or fun swimming and boating above a ghost town of lost souls. So, strangers, what did we learn today? We learned that the government screwed up big time by literally forcing hundreds of people to move out of an area without moving the bodies from 20 different cemeteries in that area, creating a fucked-up Atlantis of pissed-off corpses. We also learned that apparently... Catfish like soggy chicken nuggets. And if you see one of these French mustache sporting monsters, you should definitely get the fuck out of the water. And last but certainly not least, never, and I mean never, visit Lake Lanier. Unless you want to encounter a ghost with no hands or a creepy ass grim reaper who probably wants to drown you and steal your soul. Oh, and you might not even be safe on land. So my advice is to just stay a good thousand yards away from that watery-ass death trap. Oh my god. Catfish totally have French mustaches. They totally do. Today's horror tip comes from the movie, one of our favorites, What Lies Beneath. 
Although more of a thriller, we learned one thing. If a ghost is trying to get your attention, it's probably best to hear them out and do what they ask. They may even be trying to save your life. And if you haven't seen What Lies Beneath, Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer, 2000 thriller, oh my God, that's what you're doing tonight. You don't have plans? Great, you're watching What Lies Beneath. Let us know how it goes. I might even watch that tonight. It's, Let's do it. This seriously one of like, just, it's such a good movie. Anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of The Dark Parts. Yes, thank you so much, guys. We have so much fun with this show. We hope you guys dig it. If you guys want to go leave us a nice review, that would be awesome. It really helps the show get recognized, especially since it's so new, but no pressure, obviously. Thank you guys so much for just listening. We really appreciate it, and you guys are awesome. Yeah, we have so much fun with this show every freaking week. Like, I love putting these this show together for you guys. Anyways. Yeah, Heath writes this show, and he's a badass. Oh, love thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Love you so much. Love you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Also, remember, we have merch in our store at the Dark Parts Podcast. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Thedarkparts.com. The Dark Parts. Do- <laughs> oh, my God. Thedarkparts.com. <laughs> <laughs> Go over and click the shop tab. Get shopping. Get yourself some fuzzy pullover hoodies. Fuzzy. Whatever you guys want. There's anyway. nothing fuzzy on there at all. It's just warm and like normal sweatshirt material. Yes. Get some warm, warm sweatshirts for the winter months that are coming. So, strangers, we'll see you next time <laughs> in the dark parts. Oh, oh, oh.